Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our NOAD subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your NOAD subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. I've got a, a special guest today, re, former Lieutenant Colonel U.S. Army Brad Miller, who resigned, and I'm going to let him tell his story. But he has been uh, very impactful on calling out the U.S. military leadership, uh, as which is a passion of ours here at CD Media and at Armed Forces Press. So I, I'm really excited to have you on the show, Brad. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it, Todd. Happy to be here. Uh, just a, a real quick sketch of my background. So I graduated from West Point, what would be right at about 20 years ago this weekend. For me, it was uh, May 31st, 2003. Mm -hmm. um, served, you know, all over the place. Finished up my uh, my time in service at Fort Campbell in the 101st Airborne Division. Mm -hmm. I was a battalion commander at the time that the, uh, the COVID-19 injection mandate came out. I was one of only two active duty battalion commanders in the Army to be relieved of command for refusal to comply. And then a couple of months later, when I realized that uh, the Department of Defense was not going to back off of this, mm -hmm. I decided I was just not going to go along with it. And so I resigned. And so when I resigned and left the Army, I left with a little over 19 years of active service. It was 19 years, three months and 15 days, to be exact. Now, I've been out of, you know, I, I separated in 1994, I think. So I've been out a while. But what, where is the retirement cutoff now? I mean, you get you left a lot on the table, is essentially my point, right? Uh, yeah, so, so, so 20 yeah. years, right. Yeah. So if I had made it to about right now, then I would have qualified for my pension. But, yeah. you know, yeah. It is what it is. And you resigned out of principle. You told me that instead of, you know, trying for an exemption or trying to work the system, you just said it's illegal and I don't want to be part of it, essentially. Yeah, right? that, yeah, that, that's exactly right. So there were two things that are maybe unique about my case. So one is I resigned rather than trying to stall or, or forcing them to separate me. Mm -hmm. Um you know, not critiquing other people who went about it a different route, but that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then also I never put in for a religious accommodation request. Mm -hmm. And 
So let me explain that. So I never put in for a religious accommodation request, not because I don't have religious objections. I do. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, I felt like that if I put in for a religious accommodation request, it's almost as if I am conceding that the shots may be safe or effective or necessary. I don't concede any of that to me. You know, we shouldn't have them. I mean, they're not even true vaccines. So I just wasn't even going to play the game. And then when it came to resigning, um, I just said, hey, I I don't know that I want to be in this organization right now. And in fact, in the memorandum that I sent up to uh, to Army headquarters, to the Human Resources Command, and I had to list my my reason for tendering my resignation, I said, hey, I don't think that my uh, my values align with the values of the current leaders of uh, the current senior leaders of DOD. So Mm -hmm. I feel like my best course of action at this time is to, uh, you know, depart from the organization. As many flag officers should have done uh, with great fanfare in the press to hold these guys accountable, at least in the court of media, you know, public opinion, uh, because that's a big passion of ours is to try to hold these military officers accountable. We've gone after, especially the Air Force Academy guys, you know, General Clark, mm-hmm. who, you know, was forcing these guys to get vaxxed. He forced a cancer survivor to get vaxxed. And he's had guys drop dead on the terrazzo, walk into class. So there's blood on these people's hands, and 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 I think they're all infiltrated. I mean, what say you? Why is our military leadership just completely uh, attempting to destroy the republic, which is against their oath? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. So, um, so I have a Substack which I started writing on uh, fairly recently, and I've had a couple of pieces that have had you know widespread number of views. Mm-hmm. And um, the first one that I wrote that really caught some traction, I put the title on it you know, treason and cowardice. And mm-hmm. I was, I was very deliberate. And, um, and when I kind of opened up the piece, I said, Hey, listen, I know these are strong words. And when I use these words, it's, it's, it's deliberate. Like I, mm-hmm. I know what I'm saying. And so for me, I do think that if you're talking about the very top, I, I think there's some treason going on, mm-hmm. but then that treason at the top is enabled by cowards just in command at every level and in yes. every branch of surface all across the field. I mean, it's just, I mean, it blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking to another uh, senior DOD guy and he told me that the real one of the reasons is that they want to protect the organization. But I don't find that, uh, you know, a legitimate excuse, Um, you know, protecting the DOD while they're acting nefariously to me is is you could call that treason or at least, you know, conduct of becoming or whatever. Yeah. Um, So uh, anyway. I want to hold these guys accountable. How do you think we can do it? And by the way, I had you on because you're, you, you may be about to talk about it, but your other article um, that really struck my eye and we put it out on Armed Forces Press, how to hold these people accountable. Yeah. So, so, so more recently, you're right. I wrote a, a piece called An Appeal to Those Who Went Along. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, my subtitle was uh, A Call for Courage. And what I meant by that was, hey, we got a lot of people that for a variety of reasons went along with this. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be the first one to acknowledge that maybe some of these individuals were, you know, they were true believers in the, mm-hmm. in the mandate when it first came out. Okay, sure, maybe. But I tell you, with all the information that has come out in the past 20 months or so, yeah. since this mandate, which was illegal, since this mandate went out, there's just no excuse for anybody to continue to, to claim ignorance. So, so what do we do moving forward? Well, I think a lot of these individuals that were a part of this, I mean, they got to they gotta come clean with themselves. And, and I do feel that some of these guys are truly conflicted. I mean, they look in the mirror and they have trouble looking back at what they see. And, and I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I mean, I hate it for the situation that they're in, but I also don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them. Right. You know? And again, listen, maybe 
I would say to those individuals, and I have, because some of them are my friends, right? Some mm-hmm. of them are my, my peers that I, I just served with. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, regardless of what you thought 18, 20, 21 months ago, right now, you know, you can no longer claim ignorance. So if you are continuing to go along with this, um, this willful destruction of the military and this willful destruction of the country, you know, by extension, then you violated your oath to the Constitution. You know, how can you even put the uniform on each day? And, um, and I even used some pretty strong language in that, in that piece because I said, mm-hmm. right now you got individuals who are, you know, they're hiding behind the uniform. They're hiding behind the flag while desecrating both, you know? What, what's been the reaction when you're talking to people offline? You know, I, I, I interviewed a, a very, you know, dear friend of mine, uh, my old commander, and he basically said that they, you know, he's talking to guys and they're saying, well, uh, you know, there's nothing I can do. I'll get fired and, and I might as well just do it and try to protect my guys as much as I can. Well, I frankly don't agree with that. But what do you what do you what do you, what are you hearing with your yeah. side of the thing? That is a common sentiment. A, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, hey, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Which which I think is um, I mean, come on, that's I, I'm, I'm just I know this is strong, but I mean, that's that's kind of pathetic mm-hmm. to hear that coming from somebody who's who's in the military. I mean, what happened mm-hmm. to. You know, what happened to that virtue of courage, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, we want guys in the military who are courageous. And so what we've seen, right, is that physical courage and, and moral courage do not necessarily go hand in hand. They, they can. They, they certainly can. But they don't always go hand in hand. And that's why I would never. So I would never diminish a lot of the great things that certain people in the military have accomplished up to this point. But what I would tell them is all these great things you might've accomplished up to this point in the military, you now run the risk of, of overshadowing that and outweighing all of that with mm-hmm. being absent when you're, when your country needs you like right now. You know, we went to service academies. We, we learned how to lead. I tell these guys, what are you doing? Why don't you stand up? I mean, we learned about Billy Mitchell at air force who stood up and was court martial. Cause he said, airplanes can destroy boats, you know, ships in world war one. And, and they, and they ended up creating the air force or air power of vehicles to, to do that. But he was right. But you know, he lost his career. I mean, where are these people? I mean, I agree with you. Courage is completely lacking uh, among people who are supposed to have courage and are trained to be leaders. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's an interesting paradox that you're kind of calling attention to right there. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I, I, I saw it as a, as a battalion commander, you know, and whether it's the army, the air force, the Marines, whatever, you know, we're commander driven, the, the mm-hmm. commander, is who drives his organization forward. He, he drives the operations process. Um, he is the face of that organization, you know, and, and rightfully so. We put a lot of trust in our commanders and therefore we put a lot of responsibility onto their shoulders. And I mean, I agree with that, right? But I saw this paradox in my own situation to where I kind of had to, you know, have the philosophical debate with myself where I said, you know what? If I truly understand the mantle of command, I'm going to have to be willing to give up command. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got all these guys who I would say to a large degree did not understand really what it meant to be a commander. Um, they sure love that title, though, commander. I mean, maybe sure. a little too much. Some of these guys are a little too in love with their jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so now we got guys who, who don't actually understand what it means to command. But those are the guys, paradoxically, that are still in command. Right. Yeah. And it's been vicious. I mean, the, 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 the way they've treated the, the troops is is really uh, dark. I think, uh, and you can, I'm sure there's a lot of examples on your side of the football, but, uh, the way they've gone after people, the, the way they treated cadets at West point, you know, is just horrific. The, the pressure, the, um, the, the persecution, 
Um, have you heard any stories about what went on at your alma mater? Yeah, I have. Um, and, and you mentioned that um, I think the service academies, the one that I'm most familiar with, or at least that is coming to mind, mm-hmm. was an Air Force Academy cadet who, who did recently drop dead. But I, I think yeah. there have been multiple, but there's one that I can specifically remember. But um, regardless of which service academy, I mean, these guys just had to undergo an immense amount of pressure. And mm-hmm. um, I remember specifically a handful of, uh, of um, Coast Guard mm-hmm. Academy that, that I believe were, were, were booted maybe. Um, I don't know, a handful of them. That, yeah, there was seven you know, of them. And they yeah, them, seven of them. Yeah. They gave them 24 hours and some of them didn't have anywhere to go. So they were sleeping yeah. in their cars. I mean, this is, this is just preposterous, preposterous. Yeah. And now we just realize that, again, even these leaders who did this, even if they were true believers 18 months ago, it's like, hey, you, you were at best, you were wrong. At worst, you were you know, complicit in, in, in treason. But again, yeah. at best you were, if I want to view the cases as, as, uh, as charitably as possible, you were completely wrong. So now what are you going to do to right that wrong? What I mean, that, that's what I say to the senior leaders, you know, what do you say to the, what do they say to you when you tell them that offline? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I haven't really had um, any conversations or any real comments from any senior leaders, but, um, but peers of mine, I talked to and, Peers of mine who are still in give me just the just the the, the weakest comments. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes some of them will express some regret. But again, they say, well, I did what the army asked me to do. You know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a team player. I I did what the organization asked of me. Sometimes you have to do things, you know, you don't agree with, et cetera. And on the one hand, I understand that. But there's a limitation to that. So yeah. so. It, it is true that in the military, you do have to obey orders that you disagree with. However, that completely goes out the window once we're talking about orders that are illegal. illegal. Yeah. yeah. This, this mandate was illegal. I mean, there's just no way around it. And those for those who and I, I'm sure that much of your audience is probably already aware of this. But for those that may not, just the um, the quick version on that is that there's a there was a total shell game that was played between, you know, the FDA and DOD. I mean, there's some significant mm-hmm. collusion going on there. And so in August of 2021, on um, I believe it was August 23rd, the FDA approved, ostensibly approved the, uh, you know, the Pfizer vaccine. But there's more right. to the story. You know, there are two products. They approved one temporarily that was under the label Comirnaty. And mm-hmm. then there's a second product under a uh, Pfizer BioNTech label that was still under the emergency use authorization. And so... Yeah. So this one under the community label was never, ever available. So people who were taking, you know, the, the Pfizer vaccine were only taking the Pfizer BioNTech one that was only under emergency use authorization. Anyway, so so without, this, without informed consent, without yeah. informed consent, you know, assuming that they were taking the one that was um, that was approved. They weren't anyway, that that is done. And then the very next day, DOD implements its mandate under the. Um, under the ostensible, you know, claim that there is now an FDA approved product out there, which is, which is not true, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, there's a memo that comes out from DOD from a uh, Dr. Dr. Terry Adderham that says, Hey, two products and um, they can be used interchangeably and the Pfizer BioNTech product can be used as if it were doses of the, uh, the FDA approved, community yeah. man. just a, a complete 
a complete shell game, yeah. total fraud. I mean, there's yeah. just no way around it. And it, we found out, you know, we've done a lot of research with uh, fighting with some pilots fighting the United Vax mandate, United mm -hmm. Airlines. And sure. uh, one of them was Tom Rimfer, who's a former Army officer. And he went into how this is the same playbook they use for the anthrax vaccine, which eventually mm -hmm. was declared illegal in court. And I, I think you'll find the same thing here. So, you know, I've gone after uh, Lieutenant General Clark, who's a classmate of mine at the Air Force Academy, who's the superintendent. And I said, and he's an African-American man. And I said, all this CRT, DEI, all of this you're pushing for someone else's agenda. Think of the good you could have done to stand up and say, this is wrong. Uh, we're not racist here. And, uh, you know, this is wrong for our military. But he, he went along with it. So yeah. do you think I, I, I'm, I firmly believe a lot of these guys are, are compromised in some way, form or, or another? I don't know if it's payments. I don't know if it's blackmail. I don't know if it's promises of a board seat, you know, but uh, I find it very, very disturbing. What do you say about that? Yeah, I think that's the only reasonable conclusion that we can come to, because um, in my mind, I think there is a, a comprehensive strategy afoot mm -hmm. to destroy the United States. And they're starting mm -hmm. with some of our premier institutions and mm -hmm. um, they've decided to attack the military. And even they're doing that through various strategies. So, yeah, it's the COVID-19 injections. That, that's one prong in the strategy. Mm -hmm. It's um, what you're just talking about, this, um, this, this further atomization of different subsets of, of the demographics mm -hmm. within the military and kind of pitting them against each other and saying that they're doing it in the name of uh, inclusion. I mean, that's just one more prong in the strategy. And yeah. then if we look at just what's being done against our nation as a whole, another prong in the strategy is you know what's happening with the economy, what's happening... Yeah at the border. I mean, I think we've got to, yeah. we, we got to realize what's going on because we're in, uh, I mean, we're, we're under attack yeah. and, and we took an oath to confront it, you know, foreign or domestic. Yeah. Um, I I'm of the opinion we have to go to Congress is one vehicle we have to really try to apply some pressure. They have levers if they can use them to defund certain things and to, uh, really put pressure on the military. So, mm -hmm. you know, we had a fairly small group of vets get elected that are, for lack of a better word, America first. You know, I, I want to build a coalition to to bring these issues to them to try to apply pressure uh, from the funding side. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah. So the you know there are um, like I, I, in some of those guys, but go ahead. yeah. So so there there are um, there's a strong contingent. I mean, small but um, but strong and and vocal, and I think that's what it's going to take, right? Um, so there's some individuals that are looking to do some good work. And I will say, and I mean, I think there are a lot of weak people in Congress too. So, so it's, you know, we're not looking for, it's kind of like what we need now is we need small numbers, but people who are very vocal and who are very, very active. But I mean, we look at, you know, what happened to repeal the mandate? Well, I mean, it took involvement from Congress. I mean, DOD just was, was not going to do it on its own. Yeah. Not, yeah. I do think that, um, that's not quite the 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 victory that I think a lot of the public feels that it is. There are still some some shadow policies in place, despite the fact that the mandate was repealed. However, the fact that the mandate was repealed was a victory in and of itself, for sure. Yeah, there's still some persecution going on yeah. internally, and, and we're going to talk about that maybe on another interview. Mm -hmm. But um, what what levers do you think we have? I mean, I've been I think media accountability is is huge, uh, but what other areas do you think we should be working towards uh to try to force these guys to be accountable for their actions because i think some of them need to be you know court-martialed down the road yeah I, I agree there are um there are two things that i'm kind of curious to see where we go with this so 
Um, I, I also hold the, you know, the states accountable for a lot of the nonsense that has gone on the last couple of months. I mean, some states completely lost their minds, others much less so. But um, but I think people need to start getting involved at the state level, too. And then another thing that I would say is um, we've still got to inform uh, more people. I mean, people are starting to wake up. It's it's mm-hmm. a little for me, it's a little bit too slow. We, we've still got yep. some work to do there. You know, and again, we, we see throughout history, right? It's not it's not the majorities that carry the day. It's it's small fractions of the population that are very active. They're very vocal. Uh, they're courageous. It's not about, oh, I'm going to oh, I'm going to join this side because it looks like they're going to win. No, right. you got to start with those who are courageous. And in this last piece that I wrote, one of the things that I mentioned was like, hey, you know, you got trailblazers who are courageous and they're the ones who will you know, break brush to get to the final destination. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones who are going to do the right thing. They're going to move towards that destination, regardless of the obstacles in their way. But then you got other people that are only going to join that cause once that cause kind of has some steam. And so, okay, those people are not the most courageous, but they may still come to our side once they realize that, hey, we're, we're starting to gain a little bit more momentum, more information is coming out. We're starting to call some people uh, accountable. They're we, we got a lot more homework we got to do, but we're, we are building some momentum for sure. Well, there's a tipping point, right? I mean, when, when people start thinking, wow, they may be prosecuting people or they may be exposing this. I don't want to be part of it. That's when, you know, I think we're moving closer to that, but we're nowhere near the, where we need to be as far yeah. as really changing minds from a personal uh, incentive standpoint, rather than if they're not going to do it honorably, at least they'll do it if they think they're going to go to jail. That's right. You know? That's so, right. um, well, great. Look, I want to have you back on because um, we're we think alike as far as what needs to be done to save the country. What else do you think America needs to know that you're working on? Yeah. So the, the easiest place to find me is mm-hmm. uh, is that my Substack. I certainly appreciate any support there. So mm-hmm. I can be found at just my name, Brad Miller, one zero dot Substack dot com. Mm-hmm. And people who come and, you know, read that and want to leave comments or whatever. Certainly, uh, you know, I like interacting with those who uh, who comment on my pieces and who share them. That is always highly appreciated. But yeah, that's that's the easiest place to find me for sure. Well, cool, Brad. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I think we could talk all day, but I want to have you back and uh, and discuss some more, you know, specific issues and cases that are going on. If you're up for that. Hey, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love to. All right, man. Thanks for your time. For sure.